welcome to another episode of Access Ability. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility, and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games, and more people to see themselves in the games they play? I'm your host, Laura. I'm a white woman with bright blue hair, shaved on one side, wearing a plain black dress. Over the last decade, or maybe 15 years or so, the video game industry has really started to get into the idea of remakes and remasters of older titles. Video games are based on real-time rendering, and as our industry has quite quickly moved forward in terms of graphically what we can produce and mechanically our understanding of how to interact with virtual worlds, it means that a lot of older games start to feel very dated, uh, both visually and in terms of how they play, and whether you like remasters and remakes or not, there is some value in being able to revisit a game and maybe bring it a little more in line with what the developers had initially imagined, or making it play in a way that's more intuitive and more in line with the tastes of modern audiences. While remakes and remasters tend to look more visually impressive than their original games, and play better by virtue of more modern gameplay mechanics being introduced, one thing that is unfortunately rare still is taking into account modern accessibility settings and retroactively applying them to remasters and re-releases of old games. The video game industry has learnt a lot in the last few years about how to make video games more accessible, and most major AAA studios at this point have an understanding of what a new video game should have in terms of accessibility settings, but it's all too uncommon to see those retroactively applied to older titles that could really use them to make them more accessible. So today, on Access Ability, we're going to talk about retroactively adding accessibility settings into remakes and remasters of old games. We're going to talk about some examples of games that do this well, and have made good efforts to retroactively add accessibility into older titles. We're going to talk about some of the technical hurdles that can get in the way of doing this retroactively, compared to putting it into a new game today. And we're going to talk about some of the accessibility settings that are easiest to implement as post-launch updates, and that require the least groundwork from the start of development in order to implement properly. Let's start off today's episode by discussing some of the hurdles for developers that come with adding accessibility settings to older games. A lot of accessibility support in video games is much more easily implemented when considered from the start of game development. More complex accessibility support, such as designing your game to be inherently friendly for colourblind users, rather than needing a dedicated setting or overlay filter, either has to be considered at the start of development, or will fundamentally change how your game looks in ways that, for a remake or remaster, are going to reduce nostalgia for those that played the original. For remakes and remasters, you can add a colourblind filter option to place over your game as an optional setting, but making the core design friendly to colourblind users is something that can't easily be done to an existing game. Other accessibility options such as allowing players to highlight important items in the environment, or to pathfind a route that will take them to progression, or implementing visual signs to help highlight the location and direction of audio in scenes, are not too complicated to implement when you're designing a game with them in mind from the start but are considerably more difficult to go back in and add to your game's design once it's essentially finished. Some of these accessibility settings rely on certain hooks being built into game elements, and adding those in later requires a lot of additional testing work to check that proper implementation isn't going to break in any way. Again, it's not to say that developers that care can't make these kinds of changes to remasters and remakes, 
but these are some of the examples of ones that would be more difficult to do compared to putting it into a new game, for example. Accessible game design is ideally implemented at the start of the design phase for a game, so that the game can be built around it, and shoehorning new mechanics into a game not originally designed for them can cause a conflict between the developer's desire to quickly push out a remaster, keeping the feel of the original game faithfully recreated, and taking the time to make the game more accessible than it was originally. That said, some accessibility settings are fairly easy to implement retroactively. Customizable subtitle settings, such as alternative dyslexia-friendly fonts, alterable text size, customizable backgrounds for subtitles, speaker tag colours, the addition of speaker names and colour tags for those speaker names, are largely simple additions to games that most developers should make the effort to implement if they're remastering their title. Additionally, options such as autosaves, pause screens, content warnings, reductions in screen shake and visual flash intensity, or reduced head bob to help with motion sickness, can be implemented in many games post-release without major difficulty. I'm not suggesting that there is no work involved, but the amount of work is not prohibitive. In addition, customizable, remappable controls are pretty minimal effort for developers to implement, and the addition of difficulty modes isn't a huge task. In an ideal world, these sorts of accessibility settings should be added to most remasters and remakes, as in most cases they're a matter of adding new information and options to plain text, giving players simple control of which button links to which action, altering certain animations or visual elements, and letting players tweak numerical values without changing actual mechanics for custom difficulty. While the addition of accessibility settings to remasters is still pretty rare, it is certainly not unheard of, and some of the best examples come from series where sequels have introduced new accessibility options to games created within the same engine as their past titles. A great example of this is the PlayStation-exclusive Spider-Man games, where the Miles Morales-focused sequel added a bunch of Sony's more recent accessibility standards, and these settings were later added to the original Spider-Man game and its remaster as an update. In this case, the development team created new accessibility settings for their newest title, then took the time to retroactively add those settings to their older title, to bring it in line with improvements and updates within the industry. While this particular example was helped along by the fact that the prior game's remaster was based in the same game world and used the same engine for many of its same mechanics, making the settings additions easier to add into the older title and its remaster, the game's accessibility settings still had to be added to a series that didn't have them from the start. While adding accessibility options after initial development is more tricky than doing it from the start of development, it can be done well, and it's worth the effort. We need developers to take accessibility additions seriously and see them as important additions, because the PlayStation Spider-Man games show that it can be done if the time, budget, and developer desire exist. While I don't expect anytime soon we're going to see every developer add robust accessibility options to every one of their remasters and past games, if we could see developers look at their accessibility settings in their more recent titles, and at least consider adding those into their older games via post-release updates, we might go some way to making our medium's back catalogue more accessible to those who today benefit from advancements coming to new releases. If a developer has learned that a modern game is better with certain accessibility settings, the least we can expect is for them to treat their remasters with that same degree of modern thoughtfulness. 
When a video game gets remastered, we as an audience have a lot of expectations usually as to what makes a worthwhile remaster, something that doesn't feel lazy. We expect a certain level of visual polish, we expect certain advancements in whatever genre it is to be reflected, we expect the game to feel more modern and feel up to modern standards, and as an audience that plays games we need to have those same expectations for remasters when it comes to accessibility. Video games have gotten more accessible over the years, make your remaster as accessible as a modern title. Whether or not you're a disabled gamer, whether or not you're someone who actively needs these accessibility settings, what we need to be doing as people who love games is looking at remasters and asking ourselves some questions. You need to look at the games that those developers have been making in years since and saying, okay, you now make this accessibility setting kind of a standard, are you putting it in that game when you remaster it? Maybe look at some of the stuff we talk about on this channel that is fairly easy to implement and really should be standards at this point and say, are you implementing those in your remaster? It's all well and good making sure that new games that get released are as accessible as possible, but so much of our industry's history is built up in the past in inaccessible titles, and our industry loves to remaster and remake and modernise those titles, and it's such a good opportunity to take pieces of our industry's history that are currently inaccessible and make them accessible to a new audience. If you're going to remake or remaster a title, it's a great opportunity to make sure that disabled people can engage with pieces of history that previously weren't accessible to them. Accessibility settings and offerings are always improving, and if we're going to be an industry that takes our greatest works from the past and tries to modernise them, we need to modernise them across the board. Yes, they need to look nicer, yes they should play better, but they should also be playable by more people, because we've learned so much as an industry. There is nothing to stop us from taking inaccessible great works from the past and making them more accessible to modern audiences who may struggle due to disabilities.